The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Two days, two until Ole Miss and Arkansas kickoff in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, the home and SEC opener for Ole Miss, 0-1 on the year after losing to Memphis. What happens if they lose to Arkansas? It's Arkansas week, so it's only appropriate that Bunky Perkins joins me in the guest co-host chair, as well as Kentrell Lockett, former Ole Miss defensive end, for the 40-yard dash. But first, let me tell you about my bookie, one of the many proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with my bookie if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season, the college football season, is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code TOC, Talk of Champions, TOC, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And now, it's Talk of Champions. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. For better or worse, Ole Miss football is back on Saturday. 0-1 on the year after losing to Memphis. Memphis. Home again in Vault-Hemingway Stadium, the home opener against Arkansas, also the SEC opener for both teams. And when Ole Miss and Arkansas face off, there's only one person, one, who can sit in that guest co-host chair. It's Bunky Perkins. I also got former Ole Miss defensive end Kentrell Lockett for the 40-yard dash. But Bunky, I can already feel the excitement. You're fired up. It's just pouring out of you on the other side of the line here. It is palpable, I will say that. And the fact that they stuck that game as a primetime game. Now, granted, it's on the SEC Network, so it's not like on ABC or whatever. But as a 7.30 kick, that is, that's brave is all I'll say. I know that one was a win and one was a loss. But which team had the worst performance on Saturday? Arkansas or Ole Miss? <sighs> I think it's Ole Miss because that was pretty bad, at least the first half. The first half was really bad. Second half was – encouraging no, I guess. no no maybe no it was less bad yeah yeah it was less bad the arkansas game was just really boring going to the dentist excruciating to watch like the crowd was just super dead the entire game it was like both teams were kind of going through the motions and arkansas ended up just kind of 
being, I mean, being a division one team playing Portland state, like you should win that game a hundred times out of a hundred. So maybe it was that they weren't trying to show too much offensively, or maybe it's just that they're not that great. I think it's more the latter there, Bunk. Yeah, they've got they've got better quarterback play. The transfer from SMU, who is at least competent, but then they brought in Nick Starkle, who's at the transfer from A and M. Who boy, he's bad. I don't know why he transferred into Arkansas with already a, a, a grad transfer with two years of eligibility remaining. Uh, or actually, no, he doesn't. But Starkle has two two years of eligibility remaining. But like. He's not going to play. He's not good. But they it is markedly better than it was last year. And they have some freshman wide receivers that are pretty good. But overall, just both teams stink on ice. Ole Miss on Saturday, the optimistic side of it is defensively they played well. Arkansas isn't really firing on all cylinders offensively. But they do have some weapons, the running back, the tight end, who's been there seemingly forever. Defensively also got some playmakers. But when you look at the game, Ole Miss is favored, and I guess that's because Vegas looked at this game and said, well, both of these teams stink right now. Let's go with the team at home. That seemed like a home line. Yeah, but six is a lot. It should have been three or three and a half. That, yeah. That's like a more reasonable line. But, yeah, I think if Arkansas would have really put it on Portland State, it might be Arkansas favorite or pick them. But, yeah, the fact that both teams just look like hot garbage for the most part. I mean, Arkansas doesn't look like – They've made much of an improvement from year one. I mean, last year was so bad, so bad. They were no talent and just a mess from from the go from the get go. Year two under Chad Morris, you'd think they'd have a little bit more progress offensively and maybe a little bit better idea of what they're doing. But yeesh, that first game not great. But yeah, so both of these teams are really bad. Both are really young too, uh, which may be the reason par- partially that they're really bad. So who knows what's going to happen? And like you said, the defense played well. Okay, yeah, kind of. But man, they gave up a lot of third and longs where to sustain drives. Like they were on the field the whole game. Ugh, it's just like guys, get a stop. But what could yeah. they do? Their offense ran fifty-two plays. That's true. Now the second half was a little more encouraging. They did finally start running the ball a little bit, but like the offensive line was really bad. And part of that is injuries. Part of that is just how you go from two of the best left tackles to ever play college ball, at least in the last 20 years to what we got now. I, man, that's a, that's a rough, rough slide. Michael Howard sounds like a name of the police chief in a Batman comic. He sounds like the, like the third son from Teen Wolf, <laughs> right? It was Scott Howard was of course, Teen Wolf. Oh. Like Michael Howard was probably like the, the other son that never made the movie. The back of the SEC could be really bad this year. Yeah. I mean, Vandy's not going to be good. Tennessee, Tennessee, I thought, might be a little better. But, geez, yeah, they just got ran off the field. State, yeah. Struggle yeah, with mean, ULL? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't think anybody that had a reasonable idea about State thinks they're going to win more than maybe seven games. They might get eight. I don't know, but... Their, their schedule is super soft, too. Non-conference. Is just They're smart soft. in how they, oh, how they yeah. divvy up their like, non-conference schedule. Yeah. No, I'm not poo-pooing that. I'm just saying that it is what they, it usually is. They're going to get to six wins by default. Yeah, it's not great. Um, you know, I, I think coming into the season from an Ole Miss perspective, like your idea was just, I just want to see improvement. Like, remember that first year under freeze and you hate to compare everything to how it was. Back well, then. we're going to talk a lot about Hugh freeze. I, I yeah. Figure. We're going to talk about Hugh. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk at length, but that first team that won the Birmingham bowl or whatever, you could see a marked improvement in just effort, right? They played hard. They weren't very good. And they had a lot of young pieces and they had a lot of holdovers from the nut era that some were very good. Some were NFL players and some of them were just serviceable, but they played hard. And they gave good effort. Like that's all I really want to see from Ole Miss. And I think I saw it from the defense. Offense, not so much. No. Here's yeah. the question. Two of those four teams that we just mentioned, and there's probably a few more that could be thrown in there, but two of those four teams have to go to the Liberty Bowl, the BBVA Compass Bowl, maybe the Music City Bowl. I can't pick which one of those teams or two of those teams that might fill those slots. They may take the uh, – old independence bowl route where 
the independence ball always had that SEC tie-in, but there were never enough qualifying teams either on their on SEC's end or on the ACC's end. So they'd always end up with like a win Miami of Ohio team. So you could see a lot of that, uh, a lot of action coming to some of those mid-tier to low-tier SEC bowls if some of these teams don't get their acts together. Is there a way for Ole Miss to beat Arkansas, look better, and turn the tide of overall public sentiment right now that they're bad? I don't think beating Arkansas like changes the overall sentiment, but if they don't beat Arkansas, six wins is impossible. Five wins may be impossible. I'm not saying it's going to turn into a 2-10 and ten season, but, buddy, it could get ugly fast if Ole Miss doesn't at least stop the stop the uh, the bleeding at least early on. Because was that Memphis team any good? No, no, not really. no. I mean they're well coached. They're well coached and they played hard. I mean they you know they're at home first game of the season, so they're going to give good effort. But you shouldn't lose to this Arkansas team who is not good. And if you do both of those things, we could be in for a very very long season. The whole sentiment coming into the year was if at worst if you split it, everything is salvageable. You could still see a path to maybe you beat Cal. You're of course gonna beat Cela, New Mexico State, right there. You got four wins. Then can you pick off Vanderbilt? Maybe the egg bowl becomes a big deal. But if you lose to Arkansas, what's the path? Yeah, you gotta go three and one in these first four games, and we already have the one. So you got to run the table on these next three. One's an obvious win. Cal didn't look great. They were down to UC Davis for a little while. So, but yeah, you got to win the next three. If you don't, it it could it could get really sour really quickly. I mean, I'm not saying midseason you might see Mike McIntyre be the head coach of this football team, but buddy, if it gets sideways, you never know. What was most appalling to you on Saturday? I mean, just Memphis in general. The offensive line play stunk. It was bad. The grades that came back, I saw a couple of them, not good. I didn't uh, see I was, the grades, I don't think. They were not great. No lineman was above 60%, and our left tackle was at 16%. Oh, God. Yeah. Was that Cole Kublik's rankings? Is that what you're talking about? I believe, yes, yes. He might as well have worn a uh, Matador uh, outfit. On Saturday, so yeah, offensive line play, and that's and it's tough because hey, our our head coach, did you know he played offensive line at Ole Miss? We also have actually a very good offensive line coach uh, in Jack McNeil. I mean, he's got a lot of experience. Uh, you know, the only he, deal with Bick is that he's used to coaching adults, right? I've known Jack for a long time, and and I've known Jack when he was the head coach, and he is a good coach. And but if you how don't many coaches there, do you like, know? I feel like every time I bring up a coach, oh yeah, we had barbecue together on Saturday. It's a very small circle. It just happens that all of them somehow end up at Ole Miss huh. or playing Ole Miss, one of the two. I love it that you have this weird group of friends that are coaches. Oh, yeah, me and so-and-so. Oh, he invited me over to play some cornhole. Well, Memphis's coach and I have a very, very close mutual friend, and uh, I was sent derogatory text messages from said coach Ooh. On, on a number of occasions, jokingly. He's a good dude. And this week... I have friends on the Arkansas coaching staff, and so that'll be an interesting – and also my wife is from Arkansas and went to the University of Arkansas, so that'll be fun. So you and Mike Norvell are friendly? Friendly by acquaintance. We have mutual, very close friends. Okay, so breaking news right now. I know the story of why Ole Miss cut away from Mike Norvell in the coaching carousel process. Mike Norvell would have took this job, would he not? Uh, but yeah, he would have. Yeah. I don't know that it was ever offered. It wasn't. No. And there are varying reasons why he was not offered it. And I'm not sure of the veracity of those reasons. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I could go in depth about it, but it wouldn't be fair to Mike Norvell. I'll simply say that his off the field issues that have kept him from other jobs for yeah. Ole Miss, it was a very personal thing. That would have been a really big story by a motivated rival journalist the minute he was announced in order to torpedo that dude the minute he stepped in as the head coach at Ole Miss. I just, I just know the, the mutual friends that he and I have are stand-up people, and if he's anything like them, then I don't see why you wouldn't want to hire him. But, yeah, I get it. 
This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Biddle on Twitter. He's Bunky Perkins at Bunky Perkins. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud. And if we're not wherever you get your podcast, let me know on Twitter at Spirit Ben, and I'll make sure to get it on there for you. I also write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. The podcast brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your modern woodman representative. It wasn't so long ago, I'm talking a couple of months, where financially I needed some help. Not that I was struggling, but getting my finances in order, organizing my money so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids, and everything else. I'm sure most every one of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local modern woodman representative, and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does modern woodman do, though, you might ask? Financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services. Quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities. And community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Or you can check him out at www.modernwoodman.org. www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. All right, Bunk, this weekend, if you had to put a prediction on it, Ole Miss, Arkansas, who you picking? Because I'm a fatalist, I'm going to say Arkansas. I sat through the uh, 45 to three drubbing by Houston Nutt or whatever the actual score was when Darren McFadden and his crew came in there and just manhandled us. Like for some reason, when we play Arkansas in football, it's never easy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good or bad these teams are. It's never easy. Sometimes it does fall our way, but more times than not, it does not. And it does so in very tragic fashion. The one time it was supposed to be easy and it looked like it was going to be easy, Ole Miss epically collapsed. Yes. And that was, what, two years ago? Even that uh, when Ole Miss went to Arkansas, it was the first Houston that game when Houston was at Ole Miss. That should have been an easy game, but holy cow, it was not. Like, it was, but for a slant pattern in the end zone, thank you, Jevin Sneed, who knows how it would have shaken out. But, yeah, just stuff like that. I, it's just a weird rivalry and a weird – it's always a weird game. And And – the thing you think will happen, which is Ole Miss is at home. It's the first game at home. They're six-point favorites. They should win. I can't believe it. So Arkansas it is. Jevin Sneed has to lead the group of most disappointing rising stars Ole Miss has ever had. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of guys that had a lot of promise that just completely failed out of school. and were Teague Barksdale, Nicholas yeah, Brazel. Yeah. A lot of Batesville guys. And that's the crazy thing. Like, Jevin Sneed would be a millionaire right now if he'd have left school after that first year. Mm -hmm. I don't know what advice he got from whom, but it was bad advice. Now he's got a LinkedIn profile as a realtor in Texas, I think. God bless him. Look, man, hey. I'm not demeaning the guy. Good for him. No, I hope everything turns out. But, geez, man, whoever gave him that advice, he should not be friends with that person anymore. (laughs) Mm -mm. The dumbest thing we saw in college football this weekend, you all know where we're going with this. This Hugh Freeze story is stupid. It's absurdly stupid. It's the most transparently stupid and inauthentic story that I can remember in the last couple of years. It's all Hugh Freeze media-driven. Now he's making the media rounds. It's all so fake. Well, it's just like, remember when, and I'm going to mess this story up because it's been a while, but the biblical story of there was a guy who was sick in like an upstairs bedroom or something. And basically the whole family had to bring him out at the feet of Jesus so he could heal him. That's the kind of Old Testament type of tale we're dealing with with Hugh. And I'm so glad, I really am glad that he mustered the energy to do several, several interviews the next day to talk about (laughs) him scoring zero points yet giving it his all from his deathbed. uh, I got to give him props there because no one's talking about the fact that they were completely non-competitive against Syracuse. I think I saw one media person who had him on his radio show in Louisiana said, the man, the myth, the legend, Hugh Freeze. This guy is 0-1 at Liberty. They weren't competitive. He got fired at Ole Miss because of massages and stupidity. He forfeited his entire remaining contract didn't get another dime from Ole Miss 
all of these things could be talked about with Hugh Freeze and his quote-unquote reclamation story, and yet the only thing people are talking about right now is Hugh Freeze, what a football guy. Yeah, and also it hides the uncomfortable facts about Liberty and their president, Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, all you really need to do is Google his name to Just find out. Just Google Jerry Some, Falwell Pool Boy. Yeah, there was also a uh, more recent story of a uh, trainer. Yeah. Who, yeah. So, but yeah, we're all talking about him as a football guy right now. But go listen to, and I know a lot of Ole Miss fans are not fans of this guy, but he's very smart and very funny. And it's actually a really good synopsis of the whole situation is Bamani Jones's podcast from yesterday talked about it. Just about this is the most blatant, self serving act. Well, it's just one of many on his part, believe me. But like, it's so overt. It's like, dude. Stay home. Let's even take it a step farther. Let's just say you are doing this. Let's say all good intentions. Let's say you were doing this in order to show your team that you were willing to go through whatever it takes to be there for them and support them. Fine, whatever. Hey, dude, don't do interviews pregame, halftime, postgame. They're literally interviewing you from bedside. (laughs) Okay, that's when it becomes about you. And if you listen to part of my take, he was on it the other day. And I refuse to listen to it. And I love part of my take. Yeah. He said that he just didn't know how to tell the interviewer. No. Oh, well, that's been a problem for you on several levels, not just on your coaching record, but your Twitter usage, your patronage of certain establishments. Who in his life, is there anyone? Is it his wife? Is it his friends? Like I have friends that if they knew I was going to do this, my good friends would tell me, don't do this. Is there anyone in his life to tell him no? That's my deal. Where is the hand raiser in the room? Everybody (laughs) needs one. Almost needed the hand raiser in the NCAA stuff. I have a hand raiser in my friend group where when you're doing something that's questionable publicly, they raise their hand and said, you sure about that, chief? You sure? Yeah. My wife would not allow <laughs> me to be seen on national television in a bed as I'm coaching my football team. There's I'll give no, him props. Like, when has Liberty ever been talked about in college football like they are true, right now? True. And look, if that's it, if it's a whole wrestling stunt, mm-hmm. like Bobby the Brain Heenan show up with a, a, a neck brace on national television. Stone Cold driving the beer truck oh. into the arena. Okay, now maybe you got me on your side, but I don't know that that is where we are on this deal. This so, is not Stone Cold beating Vince McMahon, who's laying in a hospital bed with a bedpan. Right, right, right. It's just a really weird thing. Like the whole thing's weird, right? It's not just that he did this. Like the whole thing. I'm not going to get into the religious standards of Liberty University. I'm going to just say Liberty's a little weird. The people that run it are a little weird. And the situation involved with hiring Hugh Freeze is a little bit weird. I will say it was kind of prophetic when you predicted that he would end up as the head coach at Liberty. Because that was the most hilarious thing that could happen, and here we are. It's just one more in a long litany of just really weird things. So just my advice would just, hey, dude, get better. Like it sounds like— He can't. uh, This is who he is. That's my whole deal. My biggest takeaway, and it was a topic I wanted to go through on this edition of Talk of Champions with Bunky, the dumbest thing we saw in college football this weekend, it's this. This is the dumbest thing. It's not the Oklahoma coach having to get stitched up after he headbutted the helmet of one of his players. No, it's this. And it shows me that Hugh Freeze has not learned anything at all. He's gone and done interviews with Clay Travis and a number of different outlets Chris Lowe is his go-to guy. He loves talking to Chris Lowe. He believes and trusts in Chris Lowe. And you heard it all about how he's learned from what happened at Ole Miss, and he's grown as a person. He has not grown. He has not learned anything, nothing, zero. This is the same guy who, in an NCAA investigation, when Mike Sheridan made it clear that he had it out for you, and it was personal, had the gall to tweet out, if you have anything to say or, or any proof that these kids did anything wrong, send it here to our compliance office. Otherwise, don't disparage these kids. Or when Mike Sheridan stepped into his office, basically threatened to fight the guy, which I don't mind that. 
that's fine, but you've got to understand, digging in your heels is only going to make it worse. They are the executioner, judge, jury, and executioner. And then there was the funeral at practice, the fake funeral he held for himself at practice, or when he became friends with Danica Patrick and that Ole Miss race car guy from Olive Branch and had to flaunt it every time, it, like without provocation. Hey, Hugh, how was practice? Well, it was good. You know, I was talking to Danica and whatever his name is, Ricky Steamboat. I don't know what the hell his name was. Ricky Stenhouse. Yeah, there we go. And every time he brought it up out of the blue or when he went to a Garth Brooks concert the week of the Alabama game or whatever big game it was, and he's taking a picture with Garth and he has to put it out there on Twitter. He's more obsessed with the fame and the spotlight of being a head coach. And now Liberty is the perfect place for him to be enabled for his worst impulses. Ole Miss finally had had enough, and they tried to stand behind him, wrongly in my opinion, stand behind him for so long, but now he's got a university that will completely enable this lunacy from Hugh Freeze. And this is what you get. This idiot laying up in a hospital bed (laughs) in the press box where they carved out a hole in the wall to get the bed in there specifically for him, and now he's making the media rounds. From a PR standpoint, It's brilliant because Liberty, when else has Liberty been talked about like this? But from a Hugh Freeze standpoint, he's learned nothing. And I just meant get better, like, health-wise. Like, it does sound like pretty bad deal. Staph infection in the spine is no freaking joke. But stay home. But only Hugh Freeze could take a staph infection that is serious that everyone, including me, who has no feelings toward Hugh Freeze anymore that – aren't let's be honest negative even i was like oh man get better dude that's that sucks but now you've turned it into a it's an event now it's a thing and you've shined the light on yourself do less that's always what i say like you can't though yeah whatever it is man just don't be so extra just do less and it's tough because you're in an environment you're right at liberty where doing less is not really the the mo of Jerry Falwell's family and now football program. Plus, Jerry Falwell, uh, Bamani Jones was talking about this, where before Jerry Falwell Sr. died, he said he wanted Liberty to become a top 25 program. While that sounds nuts, it's an admirable endeavor from the aspect of your school or even your religion at some point can be seen through the eyes of the football program. Look at BYU. What do you really know about the Mormon culture? I know about BYU. I know about their football team. A lot of perception of whatever the community is, in this case, would be through a successful football program. Is Hugh Freeze going to be able to deliver that to him? Man, he's he's gotten a lot of mileage off of two wins against Alabama, but what have you done in the last – how good was your team the last year? Not great, with a lot of talent. How good is your team now? I don't know. I mean, it's Liberty. You guys don't play really anybody after Syracuse. So you're right that it's good for Liberty in the aspect of we're talking about it, but like just on a personal standpoint, and like we both have our own personal feelings about Euphrates that are not great, and it's it's well-earned on some level. Yeah, well, it comes from a very personal place with me because I dealt with the guy regularly, and the run-ins we had were absurd. The Florida weekend when Ole Miss lost at Florida, the year that had they beaten Florida or Memphis or whoever, look, they were headed to the SEC championship game, but they stubbed their toe three times. I couldn't go to that game. I was planning to go because a friend of mine's newborn baby had died. It was awful. I got hammered Saturday night watching the Ole Miss game because I'm driving to Nashville tomorrow to deal with this. Sometimes, and you've seen it before, you know this better than anybody, I have a tendency when I get drunk watching games to have a little fun on Twitter. So I had a little fun at Old Miss's expense on Twitter that night. And the next day, next morning, my wife and I are driving to Nashville, and we're in the car, and I get a call from Chuck, and he said, Hugh Freeze wanted me to call you and say he's not talking to you anymore. And I went, uh, okay. And I hung up with Chuck and immediately called Freeze. And he answered, and just, he's going crazy. Just absolutely nuts. And we're going back and forth yelling. And finally I go, Hugh, Hugh, wait, just think about this. You and your team just went to Florida and got boat raced by a bad Florida team. And what are you most worried about Sunday morning, day after the game? Yeah. A beat writer's stupid drunk tweets. Yeah. And while while a completely different scenario, you know, currently there's not much difference. I did a lot of Hugh Freeze tweets over the weekend. 
some of which were <laughs> maybe in poor taste. I don't know. But point being is I was fully expecting a DM in my messages at some point. It has not come yet. Maybe the narcissist have taken away his phone. Who knows? But yeah, the fact that I expected it was kind of telling. So. I swore to myself I wouldn't talk about Hugh Freeze on this podcast anymore. But how can you not? Yeah. But if it had been any coach, we'd any probably coach. talk about it. Yeah. But the fact that it was him and with his history just adds adds some fuel to the fire. And, and just the complete lack of self-awareness is, is really – honestly, what it is is it's inspiring. I wish <laughs> that I had a complete lack of self-awareness like that. I just don't. We also have good friends that say, man, you're kind of laming it out right now. My friends would obliterate me. If I did yeah. something like that. And if you don't have friends that would have done that, you need to find new friends. Yeah. It's time now for the 40-yard dash with former Ole Miss defensive end Kentrell Lockett. The 40-yard dash brought to you by Impact by Ironwood. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. That's www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. It's time now for the 40-yard dash. We're going three. One, two, three. Let's go. The 40-yard dash with former Ole Miss defensive end Kentrell Lockett. There he is. It's the big guy. Brought to you by Impact by Ironwood. It's the 40-yard dash here on Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's former Ole Miss defensive end Kentrell Lockett. The 40-yard dash brought to you by Impact by Ironwood. 40, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Did you go to the Memphis game? No, I didn't. I wish I could have went, you know, just to make noise in the stadium and witness what we saw on TV live. But then again, the universe wouldn't allow me to, let's say that. Probably for the best. This is Arkansas week, Ole Miss and Arkansas Saturday in prime time, the SEC opener for both teams, the home opener for Ole Miss. Your greatest Arkansas memory is what? In Arkansas, when we was getting hit by those batteries and all type of things, man. Those were the worst game, though. I always wanted to play against McFadden and then against Coach Nut. We was against Coach Nut. I was kind of afraid of him and Felix coming through there. But then all at the same time, that game, man, that was a big game. That was a huge game. If you remember, like I always say, he says, you know, they remember in November. And that was one of those games in November. I never got to play in um in Little Rock, though. I wish I could have. I never, I never even seen that stadium. I never got to experience that. We should have played in Little Rock that year. Coach Nutt got the head coach job at us for be a neutral location, I think, because what happened on the sideline then was ridiculous. We had to win, bro. If we didn't win, well, we wouldn't have got out of there alive at all. Those fans were wanting Houston Nutt's throat. Yeah, they wanted blood. They didn't want a W. The W was was minuscule to really compare it to what they really wanted. Coach Nutt had to like feel their wrath, I guess, of how how he left them. That was a, a good trip back, a highly anticipated trip. But we was that much eager to get home, man, and, and to get to safety. It was almost like a war zone. You were dodging bullets, but it were batteries. Terrible. That practice week leading up to the game in Fayetteville, Houston's return to Fayetteville, could you sense that it was a little bit different of a week? It was. His level of intensity was different. Everybody's level of intensity was different. I remember Coach Price like his yesterday. You got to get your piss hot, man. You got to piss vinegar. This is one of them different games. I'm like, what the hell? Piss hot and piss vinegar mean? It's like, that's a new one, Coach Price. But I, I understood it. It was a school that they just left from. I guess this was their restitution, you know, to kind of hit them in the mouth. For us to understand the severity of this game, that's I guess that's how it had to be. That week was almost like a, a week of practice with Coach Ed Ogeron, but it wasn't Coach Ed Ogeron. It was under a whole different regime, but it was different. So you kind of understood the camaraderie and the competition of the game, and then it ended up being a good game, man. It ended up being a good game altogether. Oh, the game turned your season around. I think y'all lost to Vanderbilt that year, even with Paré having the big play. That Vanderbilt team was terrible, but y'all had to learn how to win, and that's where y'all learned to win. 
Definitely. We we overcame some things. We we really in the hostile environment we were able to win. There was a lot of games where we lost just at the end. Like at the beginning of the games, the little things here. Like just imagine if we could have turned that corner when we actually played against Wake Forest in Wake Forest. And uh, you know the games right after that leading into Vandy. I don't know what it was about Vandy, man. Even playing against them all the way from Ed Ogeron, they were doctors in our mind, you know, so it kind of was beat into your brain, into your brain, and it got to a point where you would get in the game against those doctors and you'd be like, man, those doctors kind of are running the score up on us. You know, they're, they're exiting over us. This is our scheming us right now. But, you know, it, it was always something, something or another. But that game did, it, it kind of ignited the fire you know he he kind of was that mantra like you say remembering november i'm like man it was corny at one point but then when you actually start winning in november that's when the, the ties were turning you could really dictate your own destiny when it would come to to bowl games and i know by me saying that you're gonna say something else but you vowed not to after we buried it about dictating destiny when it comes to bowl games and remembering in november and stuff like that well, I do remember November. That's why I continue to hold 2009 Egg Bowl over your head because I remember what happened in November. That's why. But that's neither yeah. here nor there. Okay, so True. Mississippi State, LSU, Arkansas, the rivals for Ole Miss. Where does Arkansas rank amongst all the rivals? I would assume third behind State and LSU. It's definitely uh, about third. You look at the amount of people just from the area or just just from it being in close proximity – but family members may have been going there and then just the previous coaches and staff that an interchange and then out here and there. Here and there. So it definitely is up there. And then it's another SEC opponent and you look at it, you look at them. When I was watching football years ago and all I knew really was Alabama and LSU, Arkansas in my mind was a, a baby Alabama. But it is a big game. It was different kind of when Coach Nutt, I say, was the coach compared to what it would be now. I know the games at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium this weekend, but what was it like playing in Fayetteville? I heard it's a pretty unique atmosphere. Everything is close. It's ridiculous, though, the way you look at it, the way the layout. It's a spectacle. It's, it's something to see. But if you get intertwined into that, and the fans, are, I wouldn't say the fans. I don't know what section we were in or what, where they put the opposing or the visiting team, that bench, what part – or who they were sitting right there, but it was nonstop. So for them, it was all in their favor, of course, what they would do. Definitely, it's loud. It's always loud. There's waves when it's louder after the score. For a while, you couldn't hear. You know, it was signals. It was signals. We had a lot of plays that just we would stay in the same base defense because we couldn't signal out. And some plays, they would, go, they would go quick. We couldn't get it in because we couldn't communicate it. So there was a, lot, a whole lot of things that, that went into their favor, but – Coach Nutt kind of warned us of those things because he was controlling the elements of that, a year previous of that. You know, even Coach Rock, whoever whoever it may may have been, they would let us know, now it can get crazy and that can get loud in there, but you got to ride the waves. You can quiet them down. So we were kind of warned to an extent they would put noise and stuff in the IPF, all of those things trying to put you in a game-like atmosphere, but ain't nothing like live bullets, man. No atmosphere compares to South Carolina that year, though, right? Not at all, man. I keep saying that. Everybody knows about LSU tipped in the Richter scale and all of that. I understand that. I've been in that valley. I played in that valley. I've watched games in that valley as a young kid. Yeah, it gets loud. But that experience at South Carolina on that Thursday night, it's like none other, bro. I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. Probably the, the only best other feeling that I've had with football or just wanting to compete and didn't want that game to end. Man, we could have played for five, six hours out there that night. I would just keep on going because it was so much fuel coming from the crowd and from the guy next to you. That was primetime TV on a Thursday. Everyone was tuning in. You really could have showed what you had. And that atmosphere alone, the student section, first off, once you get on campus, it starts is the competition. I was like, man, we tailgate, but this, they got a train going through here. It was so much going on, bro. So much. And then I actually get on the field and that damn Gamecock making all that noise, that rooster, whatever that is in that stadium. Man, I got tired of hearing that. If you ever played there, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When we beat Florida with Tim Tebow, Percy Harvin, all of them, the excitement and the cheers and the louds, the screams, the up and downs of, of, of that stadium, no, has nothing on South Carolina Stadium. Nothing. Nothing I was reminded of that game the other day. I've probably watched and rewatched Brooklyn Nine-Nine 
10 times at this point. It's just my comfort show. It's that show that I have on in the background when I'm doing anything, playing video background games. Background noise. Yeah. Yeah. It's just That's Brooklyn the, uh, the office is there for me. Yeah. The office is there for me. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is that for me. And in one of the early season, I think it was first season episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the main character, Andy Samberg, who plays Jake Peralta, is trying to avoid on Thanksgiving watching the game. The game turns out to be when he finally breaks in and he's getting the bad guy, so to speak, Ole Miss in South Carolina. And there's Jevin Sneed. <laughs> there's Ole Miss losing. Couldn't have been any other game played on a Thursday night. It had to be that one. But that I always think about that now, and I'm reminded of that because I rewatched Brooklyn Nine-Nine so many times. You got me going look for Google. Have to go look for that episode, mm-hmm. bro. I'll send it I to swear. you. Yeah, I'll send it to you. So Ole Miss is 0-1. Arkansas struggle with Portland State. They're 1-0. Who wins this game? I really think it's going to be a tight game, 17-14. I give it to Ole Miss because I'll be honest with you. I said they were going to lose last week. You predicted a win on this podcast. Man, listen, I knew it. I just knew it. Just like this game, this game is going to be 17-14. It's going to be a lot of dumb play calling. It's going to look like everything is being executed properly. But there are going to be two, three people throughout the game that's just going to have mental errors, just stupid things. It's People are in the right place, but they're out of position. I don't understand. It's like a few reps here and there people are lacking. And and those few plays here and there where they lack, that's, you're exposed. That's weakness. And it's going to be taken advantage of. They're looking at the game at the top just like we watching the game. But they, and they're going to make the adjustment. So you look at Arkansas. Arkansas trying to get their run game. They're trying to make a name for themselves. And they're trying to get that nasty taste out of their mouth from last week as much as we are. And it's a home game for us. But I did predict that they would win. But it was a gut feeling. If I would have said that, then I wouldn't have been. I know I still would have been real and would have been loyal, just would have been telling the truth. But that is the truth. Man, you can see, you can tell, even the, the trash talk leading up to the game is uncertainty from certain players. How could you be uncertain in your trash talk? So even with that alone, I'm like, yeah, they're not ready. I was conflicted because I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. You and I have talked about that ad nauseum. And Tony Pollard, who played at Memphis, is now a running back backing up Zeke for the Cowboys. And A.J. Brown puts out that video of him making a catch, I think, against Memphis and has the caption, not a rivalry. And sure enough, Ole Miss loses. And Tony Pollard comes back and said, yeah, not a rivalry. Oh, man. Uh, Tony Pollard, I feel some kind of certain way about him. You know, he's part of that Piggy's family from Batesville. Oh, you know really? All of those things, you know, all of those things go, bro. It's a circle of life when they come from out of that area. So we somewhat intertwined. <laughs> so, I which did is not crazy. know you knew Tony Pollard. Come on, man. He's Nick Parker, bro. A slim Nick Parker that can run. When I found it out, I was like, for real? Like, seriously? I'll say this. You got Batesville. And you got Mississippi State. You know how I feel already about Dak Prescott, but we're not even going to get into that. Well, Tony played at Melrose, went to Memphis. I don't think Ole Miss really recruited him, but yes, he got the final say over A.J. Brown, at least this year against Memphis. Hopefully Ole Miss never schedules Memphis again. The college football weekend is interesting. There's two key games. If you could only watch one, Clemson, Texas A&M, 1-12, or LSU, Texas, 6-9, and nine. which one would you want to watch? We'll get right back to former Ole Miss defensive end Kentrell Lockett for the 40-yard dash, brought to you by Impact by Ironwood, after I tell you real quickly about Grove Sharks tailgating and the Lamar, Oxford's one and only traditional neighborhood. The Ole Miss football season has arrived. It's here. And Grove Sharks tailgating can take care of all your game day needs. Locally owned and operated, Grove Sharks tailgating specializes in tent rentals and setup packages that can accommodate parties and gatherings of all sizes. For more information, visit Grove Sharks tailgating at grovesharks.com and like them on Facebook at Grove Sharks or contact owner Eric Trimble at 662-816-3493. The Lamar, Oxford's only traditional neighborhood, is under construction. Brought to you by John Welty Realty. A traditional neighborhood means right where you live. A grocery store, a brewery, restaurants, shops, all within walking distance of your front door. But what about the houses? They're custom high-end spec houses. Beautiful finishes, open concept, modern two-story houses. If you're looking for a three-bedroom, a two-bedroom, a one-bedroom, you'll find a fit with any of these three spacious layouts. Get in with the Lamar right now. Build-out is happening. For more information, contact John Welty at john at johnweltyrealty.com. That's john at johnweltyrealty.com. Or give him a call at 662-23-HOMES. 662-23-HOMES. And now... 
back to Talk of Champions. Well, I'm definitely watching Texas, LSU. It's a must, not only because LSU is like one of those top rival teams and because of Ed O'Gron, all of that, just because it's Texas, man. Texas is getting back to what they're known for, that defense. Imagine Texas years ago, Texas just back trying to get back to that glory. So I just want to see that. Clemson, we kind of know what that's going to be. That's going to be like a finesse game, a few passes here, sunshine at quarterback. You know, I don't want to see none of that. I think that Texas and LSU game is going to be physical. For it to be LSU being SEC and Texas being an out-of-conference opponent, I'm sure they're going to be physical. I've watched that team be, uh, be physical for the longest. No matter win, lose, or draw, still the same type thing. They may not come out with a W, but they did fight. So I want to see the fight that's going to be put up between a Longhorn and a, and a, um, a, a Tiger. No, I'm the same way. I know that there's a 12 beside Texas A&M, but they're not ready. They're not ready for Clemson. They're not going to be able to beat Clemson. It's at home for Clemson. They're going to win that game. But LSU and Texas, that should be close. LSU was really impressive in week one. I don't know if Georgia State's any good. I think LSU might be behind Alabama, the number two team in the SEC right now, though Georgia obviously has a case, but I think that LSU might be the number two team right now. But if they go out and lose to Texas, it's a completely different story. I don't know about this weekend when it comes to Texas. I look at ball now compared to when I played football and just used to look at it by the quarters. Really break it down play by play. Keep them as as, as much as possible. Don't Don't let the chains move. It's simple. It's first down, second down, third down, three and out, four, three and out. Get off, get off the field. If your offense have the ball more than their offense have the ball, nine times out of ten you're going to win. Defense is going to be mad, and, and and you look at it now, and it's like it's simple. It's just simple ways of approaching the game, simple ways of of preparation, simple ways of executing in certain parts of the game. I, I watch us. What about going into half? What about coming out of the half? Some type of momentum you got to be grasping for or riding on. So it's the simple parts of the game, simple elements of the game that has to be executed. We've all been there. Where the laws of the game, you're in the middle of the second quarter and it's like, man, it's dead. Why is it so dead? It's not It's not the high point in the game. It's not the beginning of the quarter. It's not the quarter about the end to go into the half. So that's the parts of the game where you really need to execute and try and Put points on the board or have a play when you feel like everybody's down or you got that one person on the side like, come on, y'all, let's go, let's go. He feel that lull in the game, that lag, so to say. So it's just certain parts of execution. I, I, look, I, I really sat down and looked differently at it now. It's every possession, every time the ball snap. You really can change this. Like, you really can. It's simple. I know how disgusted you were after the loss to Memphis your text messages were a good indication of that. But your talk about defense, you had to be pretty pleased if you want to take one optimistic outlook from Memphis with how the defense improved or showed improvement and performed against the Tigers, despite the fact that they were on the field the entire game. They held up pretty well. They held them to 13 points. They did. But like I said, going into the game, you uh, Memphis is a team sort of ourselves. So you can tell they've been practicing, been coached against that that spread offense and all of those type of things. And Memphis is a good team, skilled team, skilled players oh, on the Memphis outside. Memphis isn't any good. I'm saying skilled players. You know, we held them to a certain point, but but we to win games, you got to put points on the board. It shows some good things. But now when you take that same defense and put it against the likes of LSU, or Alabama, Auburn, whoever it may be, just saying, will they still be able to hold up? You look at Memphis. Memphis had players in places. Memphis is going to play teams like UCF, and you don't know how bad they're going to get beat. Or go Marshall, whoever it may be. Just just because you they styles of play is completely different. They're going to beat them with tempo compared to playing with someone like us, you know, a physicality, and we held them to that amount of points. So now put it against another team that's going to be physical or 10 times more physical than they were. Something is going to give, something is going to break. But I do commend them for what they did. There's potential there, a lot of potential. It's just the potential now needs to turn into confidence, and that confidence and courage is going to turn into execution. And the execution will turn into numbers, and you can have a sound defense. You can see the beginning stages of a land shark defense, of a swarming defense all over again. And once, and that's all a mindset. And once the mindset has changed, it's going to be simple. It's going to be easy. You wouldn't have to tell nobody to do their job. It's going to be want to because I don't want to disappoint my, my fellow teammate. So when you hit Darren McFadden, what was that like? What did it feel like? 
that's muscle, man. That's a lot. That's a, think about 6'4", 220, 230. Him running the ball, getting a toss. In four to five steps, maybe six, maybe seven, he went from like second gear to third, well, first gear to third gear. There was only one other person that I was this close to, and in three steps, he was like seven yards away from me. It was McFadden, and the next person was Alfred Blue. We was playing at LSU. Alfred Blue got a toss. And I'm saying, to, I kept always was telling him, we call him Cheese. We all we went to the same high school and everything. He actually graduated with my younger brother, though. But I'm like, Cheese, I always used to say, if I meet you in the hole, Cheese, we're going to have a problem. You're going to feel me. So Cheese just so happened to get a toss. It was to the short side of the field, but the short side of the field was our side of the field. He tossed it, and he cut back in. But he still kept on running. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. I couldn't get him. And he was forced out of bounds. And I said, cheese, you lucky. He said, I told you, boy, you're going to meet me in the hole, but you're going to never get me. And I never got him. But I do remember that, that him taking off from me. Um, but McFadden is a ball of muscle. Mark Ingram is a ball of muscle. Mark Ingram is a tree stump. You can't really tackle nobody whose legs his torso, his knees, and his thighs is all connected. Like, they all, all one. It's like, where do I hit him at? It's not right at all. It don't it don't seem right. But McFadden, that's 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 a defensive end running the ball. A defensive end with 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, speed. Felix Jones was sneaky good as far as when he hit you, you felt it. Let me tell you about Felix Jones. Felix Jones' speed was, was real deceptive. And, he looked and like then, he could be your grandfather. Felix I'm just Jones, speaking physically, not about his ability to run. He just Felix looked like Jones an old man. Felix Jones looked like the what's the dude on Casey and JoJo. That's what he looked like when he <laughs> took his helmet off, bro. That's exactly what he looked like. And he out here breaking people off, hitting the hole. It was a two-headed dragon, man. You couldn't kill it at all. You didn't know where it was coming from. Then they hit you with the wildcat or the wild hog, whatever it would be, and you're like, man, how how are we gonna stop this? Then when they put both of them in the backfield. Like, oh, my word. And then they had uh, Peyton Hillis. And before that, it had Big Ryan and all that Ryan Mallet. I'm like, bro, oh, my God, bro. This not, is this not right. That was ridiculous. I can't remember the Orgeron losses to Arkansas. They faded into memory. The worst loss I remember, it was had to be Mizzou, I think, at Ole Miss when they had that rain out and we went inside. And we had that scrimmage that yeah. had to be it. Or when we went to Mizzou. Chase Daniels and Jeremy Macklin put on the teach tape like they was at the Manning Passing Academy out there on us, man. I was just happy to be in the bluegrass state. It was so pretty out there, bro. <laughs> it was so pretty. We got beat like a drum. You know who else? Georgia in Georgia with Sean Marino and Stafford. When we was up 14 nothing, and then they unleashed the dogs on us. I remember that like it was yesterday. Ben Jarvis, I think, fumbled at the goal line in that game too, didn't he? Well, Ben Jarvis, you know, he had that breakaway speed that only lasted for like, he was like a shot of nitrous. You know, he shot of nitrous from the 60 foot. Hit you with that shot of nitrous and then when you're up, I hope the finish line closed because I ain't got nothing else. No more horsepower, boss. I was at that game, I think, actually. And yeah, it went bad really, really quickly. But the Arkansas losses against Ed Orgeron, I just... I don't really remember them. But if you had to rank the SEC right now, let's just do the SEC West. If you had to rank the SEC West right now, is Ole Miss at the bottom right now for you? Before that answer from former Ole Miss defensive end Kentrell Lockett here on the 40-yard dash, let me tell you quickly about the Oxford Park Commission and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. The Oxford Park Commission is currently registering for youth flag football in the fall baseball season. Leagues are open for ages 6 to 12 in football and 6 to 15 in baseball. Cost to sign up for football is $50, while it's just $40 for baseball. Each sport will be played at FNC Park. For more details, visit www.oxfordparkcommission.com. That's www.oxfordparkcommission.com. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy. Chinese Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. I said the bottom because I'm a I'm a tough critic and it's my school. 
the potential is there, but where's the execution? You lost to Memphis. Now you got a SEC opponent. I want to see how they just just rise to the occasion or what's the outcome of this game. Win, lose, or draw, you're going to tell the tale of a team right here. If they tuck their tail or that's fight or competition. You know, you didn't put points on the board, but if you put points on the board this game and your defense fall, oh, so, oh, we are fair with the team. Our offense could be off next week, not, and our defense could be on nice, vice versa. We got to put those two together continuously to be a good team. So that's why they're at the bottom. We ain't all together. Not everybody brought in. Some people listening to this person. Some people following that person. You can see it's evident. It's on the field, just in play. You can be a selfish player, but be a, be, don't be a selfish teammate. You know, do your job. Do your job selfishly. Do your job to the point where nobody can tell you you don't do your job. And if you do your job, it's going to work out for the other 10 that's on the field. Therefore, you was a selfish player, but unselfish teammate. You helped the team, bro. You put Ole Miss in a bowl and said they get six wins. Not off to a good start with a loss to Memphis. And if you lose Saturday, it's over. Yeah, if you lose Saturday, you probably win four. If four. If four. Think about going into November with two, three wins. What's going to happen then? No. I'm saying all this. I just, I'm watching. I'm watching just like everyone else is watching. Everyone else is trying to figure out what's going on. And I don't know what's going on either. I'm, I'm watching just like you. I wish I could be in the locker room. I wish I could be in the meeting rooms. I promise you. I would give my two cents and listen to what they have to say too as well. Because I'm sure everybody trying to figure it out. Everybody is. Everybody don't want to be a part of what they saw and really don't want to be linked to it. Like, come on, bro. It was good two years ago, a year ago. There were some people there and there were some some pieces that were removed and replaced. But it still can be back to, to the way it used to be, man. It's simple. I'm saying it's simple, but people don't believe it's that simple. But it is. You just have to buy in. When, when Coach Nutt first got there, I brought in because Coach Ed Ogeron uh, was gone. Coach Nutt could have told me I could have walked to the moon on chocolate chips and I would have believed him just because it was a whole different change. It was evident that he was a winning coach because he beat our ass the year before that, like two years. We were, seen, we were seeing it and how he would beat other teams, the fashion, the fashion he would beat them. And he came there and told us what we was going to do. We ain't hear nothing about no fun with Coach O. So right then, we was going to go to war for him. And you saw that. It just took a few games for us to put it together. And we did because we wanted to because we believed in the people that was around us. Even if they said they believed in us and didn't, we still believed in the people that was around us. We wanted to put a certain, a certain, a something certain on tape and let them know, man, you come to Oxford, them boys playing. Or when them boys from Oxford come out here, they, they just ain't no joke. That started from the coaches. That started from Tracy Rocker on the defense and that, Tracy Rocker, that trickled down the parade. And that parade made sure he was going to hold everybody accountable. So I'm just saying, that's that's what I was a part of. I don't know if they have that going on here, but they just need to get back to it. He is former Ole Miss defensive end Kentrell Lockett for the 40-yard dash. Brought to you by Impact by Ironwood. Thank you, buddy. We'll do it again. We definitely we're going to do it again. I had to end it with R.I.P. Phyllis. That was former Ole Miss defensive end Kentrell Lockett for the 40-yard dash, brought to you by Impact by Ironwood. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bunky Perkins at Bunky Perkins. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and should be wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Talk of Champions is powered by BNA Bank. I don't know about you, but I want my banking made simple. And I certainly want to trust the people who've got my money. Well, if you're like me, BNA Bank is where you need to go. Maybe you're a student just starting out. You don't know much about personal banking or business banking, loan services. Well, I tell you who does. BNA Bank, be it Mike Staten, Bo Collins, Vance Witt, my buddy Bob Spencer. These are friends of the podcast. Ole Miss fans, sure, but more importantly, they care about you. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make sure that your banking experience is done flawlessly, comfortably, and with trust and respect. With a five-star rating from Bauer Financial and an excellent rating from Weiss Ratings. BNA Bank is recognized as one of the strongest financial institutions in the country. But where can you find them? How about bnabank.com? Or give them a call, 662-534-8171. 662-534-8171. BNA's main office and two branch offices are located in New Albany, my hometown, with another branch located in Myrtle, two branches in Tupelo and Lee County, Mississippi, and one loan production office in Oxford. Where you put your money matters. And the only place to put your money, the only place that Ben Garrett puts his money is BNA Bank. 
So check them out, bnabank.com, 662-534-8171. There's no other place. They've helped me. They'll help you. Tell them Ben Garrett of Talk of Champions sent you. And now, back to Talk of Champions. Talked a little too much about Hugh Freeze probably going into that interview with Control, but when he does something that dumb, can't help myself. I just can't. So for the Ole Miss fans listening right now, the Arkansas game, who's the most important or most dangerous player that Arkansas features that Ole Miss has to bottle up on Saturday? <laughs> That's the thing about Arkansas is who do they really have? They have some really good freshman wide receivers. They're very unproven. I would say Ben Hicks, their quarterback, is probably going to be the make or break. If he has a good game, they Arkansas will probably win that game. Stop the quarterback, which our defense has looked decent. So I would say Ben Hicks. That's what I'm going with. Some rapid fire questions here. After one weekend of college football, has any team moved you off of or headed inevitably to another Alabama Clemson showdown for the national title? I watched the Oklahoma game. They're interesting. Their defense is still pretty suspect. That would maybe be the only team that might be interesting. Any quarterback or player outside of Tua, Trevor Lawrence, appeal to you as a possible Heisman candidate? You know who I think might win it? ATN, who's the Clemson running back. Huh. Trevor Lawrence is, is obviously the golden boy, pretty hair, quarterback of the national champions, whatever. ATN had three touchdowns in the first game. He's going to get a lot of carries, and he's going to put up some serious numbers. I think he's at least going to get invited to the Heisman presentation. I don't know if he'll win it, but he's kind of a dark horse. If a Clemson player can be a dark horse. I really need Trevor Lawrence on any team not named Miami, Cincinnati, the Jaguars. Give me Trevor Lawrence on an interesting team when he gets drafted. Preferably the Cowboys, but yeah. Yeah. All right, right now, outside of Alabama, after one weekend of college football, who's the number two team in the SEC? I mean, I guess it's Georgia by default, but after that Auburn game, are we going to get weird Auburn year? Where Feels like it. Just insane stuff happens with them. Also, LSU looked really good. Now, I don't know how good Georgia State is. We'll find out everything we need to know about LSU this week, I think, against Texas. Are you a believer in Bo Nix? I think he's good. He's good for freshmen, certainly. You know, as a true freshman, for sure. I mean, that he didn't have a great game the first half. You know, threw some bad picks. But when it mattered, won the game. I see why Malzahn picked him as the, the starting quarterback. It just feels like a weird Auburn year. It could be. It could be one of those where they win some games that are just off the wall crazy. And they might, like, drop one to, like, state or something. Just something weird like that. After one weekend of college football, assuming Tua wins SEC Player of the Year, who finishes second? Wow. Um, hmm. I'm going to go Joe Burrow. Wow. The crazy thing about LSU this year is usually, you know, they're super running back heavy and like their wide receivers are pretty suspect and their quarterbacks usually suspect. Completely flipped this year. They have good wide receivers, a proven quarterback, and their running backs are a little bit, their depth is, isn't there this year. Defensive player of the year seems like the front runner might be Grant Delpit. Who else would it be? Man, I'm kind of lost defensively. I haven't looked enough to to know. On on, I mean, he's I think the front runner defensively. I don't know. It'd probably be some defensive lineman of of Alabama. Freshman of the year in the SEC right now after one weekend of college football is who? I mean, it's got to be Bo Nix, right? Yeah, yeah. After watching Ole Miss on Saturday, this question <laughs> I had them written down, but this one's ugh. after watching Ole Miss on Saturday, the question of closing the gap back when Ole Miss was competitive with Alabama to what they've been the last couple of years, have they closed the gap at all? I think that they had a a good, not great, a really good recruiting class this last class. And it's better than the ones before it. So I'm going to say they've closed the gap. Have they closed it to a significant point where you could notice it closing? Probably not. That is the safest way to answer that question. <laughs> After watching Matt Corral on Saturday, does he finish the year as Ole Miss's starting quarterback? From a talent standpoint, yeah. He could get hurt. And if that happens, holy cow. Yeah, remember, I think the last three years, Ole Miss has not finished the year with its starting quarterback. Starting quarterback, the yeah. Then in that case, odds are good. I'm going to say he doesn't finish the year as a starting quarterback. Not by a coaching decision, but by maiming. I will say, if John Rice Plumley figures it out in practice fast enough with that offensive line that kid can really run might be tempting if it's a lost season 
Even though Matt's only a redshirt freshman, if he's not improving. Break out the Pat White offense, the Steve Slayton, Pat White offense. See how that goes. You got the running backs. You got Jerry on Ely. You got the base for that. Yeah. Not to say that Jerry on Ely, Steve Slayton, or John Rice Plumley's Pat White, but yeah, you got the base for it, maybe. Rich Rod just has to be better. If Rich Rod is bad, they have no shot. I think now he knows what he has on the offensive line, and so he's got to call plays that get the quarterback out of the pocket uh, and get people moving and basically smoke and mirrors this thing as much as he can. That's my last question. What was most alarming for you on Saturday? Was it the offensive line? Was it Rich Rod, or was it Matt Corral? I don't put a lot on Matt Corral. First start as a as a starting quarterback, as a redshirt freshman, with that line and a new offense, I, I don't blame that guy at all. He didn't have a good game. He kept us in it. He was competitive. Bad sack at the end, but how much of that is on him and how much of that is on the offensive line? The most alarming was offensive line, easily. Are you going to be wearing neutral colors this weekend? I might just watch it nude. That way, <laughs> I've, I've already been stripped of all my dignity watching this game, so I might as well just strip my clothes down, too. I'm sure my wife will dress our daughter in an Arkansas uh, cheerleading outfit to spite me. So for my own sanity, I'm fine with either of these teams winning, to be quite honest. Would it be your rooting nightmare for Ole Miss and Arkansas to meet in a national championship? <sighs> yeah, it'd be pretty bad. Any game of significance between the two is tough. Like that, the fourth and 25 game was super tough. Going to basketball games when Ole Miss was good, I mean, this past year especially, like the game meant something. So, like, that was a little tough. But, like, this game this weekend, who cares? We're both really bad. I just want to see a little improvement. What's your greatest Ole Miss Arkansas memory? It doesn't have to be football, but just when you think of this rivalry, what's your number one memory? The seven overtime game, for sure, that I was at. Also, my wife dated Matt Jones in college, and so Uh-oh. that is a memory that we rather not. <laughs> I have that so game, many that, questions, man, that I'm going to avoid. That game haunts me to this day <laughs> for reasons I don't like to discuss. Oh, God. <laughs> I have so many questions, Bunk. I'm going to avoid them, but I have so I, I appreciate that. Let's keep this professional. My dad, he's a notorious leave the game when he's pissed off, leave the game early guy. And uh-huh. that seven overtime game, we went out and came back in, I think, four times. That's a reasonable amount, to be honest. Yeah, my dad's like that. He's Bunky Perkins. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, at Bunky Perkins. Subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available on SoundCloud. Should be wherever you get your podcast. If we're not there, let me know at Spirit Ben. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc when everyone is on the same page getting things done at work is easy no matter what you do or what industry you're in how you communicate is key everything you type is equally important to collaboration and grammarly can help Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.